On today's episode, we have Justin Kirtland, golf course superintendent of Arrowhead Golf Club. He joins us to discuss a day in the life of a golf course superintendent, does fertilizer actually work, and he shares the district's accomplishments as a green team member. At Wheaton Park District, we manage 54 parks, dozens of playgrounds, tennis courts, and a mini golf and skate park. We have an accredited zoo, a county museum, multiple athletic fields and sports complex, two swimming pools, 150 acres of nature preserves, and a 27-hole golf course and banquet facility. Everything else is just a talk in the park. Everyone, please welcome Justin Kirtland, a golf course superintendent of Arrowhead Golf Club. Thanks welcome. for having me. <laughs> Take it away, Mark. Yep, I got the first question. <laughs> what is the number one thing people need to know about keeping their lawn healthy? Oh, don't overthink it, guys. People out there, everyone, they're, they're just plants. Think simple. What do plants need? We need water, air, and light. All right? If you have those three things, you can grow anything anywhere. You make it sound pretty easy. It, no. <laughs> Come see my lawn. It's definitely not that easy. Well, you know, most uh, homeowners love those big trees in their yard, and uh, that probably makes it a little tougher to grow grass under. Oh, for sure. So kind of like jumping back, why don't you tell us about your history and where you started and what's brought oh, you over to Arrowhead? That, that's a loaded question, <laughs> but I'll give you the, sh the short version. Grew up uh, in the golf business. My dad was a golf course superintendent, went to Michigan State University, and I followed in his footsteps mm -hmm. as a second generation. Awesome. Um, couldn't imagine uh, doing any other job out there. It's not, it's not work for me. I come to, nice. to Arrowhead every day in the Wheaton Park District, and I literally run down the stairs because I'm excited to go to work that day. It, it doesn't get mm -hmm. old. Every day is a new challenge. You know, whether it's raining or snowing or it's 95 and sunny, they're all fun, every single one. Is there going to be a third generation to follow in your footsteps? <laughs> Will possibly. Oh, it, okay. It, it could happen. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna push it. But that's that's for uh, my children to decide. Okay. Okay. That's good to know. Uh, does the golf course do anything different than what someone would do at their house when it comes to lawn care? Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, besides the basics, which I which I just mentioned, the you know water, air, and light. And we have to remember most golf courses, not all, but most. We have different types of grasses that we're growing. We're not just growing, you know, your typical bluegrass out here. We, we do have some of that. You know, our rough yeah. is mm -hmm. a variety of uh, bluegrasses and fescues. But then you get down to the short grass, we call it. Putting greens, tees, fairways. In the northern climates, you know, most of them are bent grass and poa. Um, we're lucky enough we have both of those plain varieties on our putting greens. Our fairways are mostly bent grass and our tees are mostly bent grass. So to answer your question, I would say yes, we do things very differently because I'm managing different things. And I have a lot more resources mm -hmm. at right, hand right. than the average homeowner. Maybe some, ho some homeowners <laughs> have more, but you know, you have to remember... You know, I have a staff of, you know, 28 people mm -hmm. that are maintaining 220 acres. Right. That's amazing. And you have an extra nine holes than most places out there have as well. So that's, you know, yep. a whole nother animal. Sure. What's your favorite kind of grass to manage? Ooh. For those, you you guys can't see him, but he just got a big smile on his face. So Do Dormant grass <laughs> in the wintertime. No. 
I the off season is nice, but um, I grew up growing uh, poa annua. I'm most familiar with that. I do love bent grass, so it's it's a much easier yes. from a water management aspect, from a de- disease management aspect, from uh, cold aspect. Um, if I had my choice, I would love to manage bent grass all the time. What kind of grass do people like have in like around their house? So most of people, they I would say, have a blend or a mixture. Oh, um, interesting. You know, a bluegrass variety, a fescue variety, and that's probably about it, to be honest. And why do we do a mixture or a blend? Mm-hmm. So your home that has, you know, those shady areas or those sunny areas, you know, that more dominant grass species is going to thrive there. Okay, so animals. Amy and I both have animals. So with fertilizer and any of those things, like do they have pet-friendly fertilizers? Number one question, does animal pee kill the grass? Uh, Amy really wanted to ask this question and know the answer to. So, I mean, what what can people do that have animals uh, to kind of protect them and do anything different? Uh, My experience with animals going to the bathroom in your yard you know one time it isn't going to do it it's that repeating same spot every time then the next dog comes in and does in the same spot it's that Mm -hmm. repeating application that yeah you're going to lose some grass to answer your question how do you fix the grass once that happens dig dig it up (laughs) (laughs) dig it up and reseed it good to know or sod it but you know that's just the beast that it is could definitely uh, fertilize a little bit to help it out but does fertilizer actually work of course <laughs> of course i wouldn't be in this business if it didn't you know with the extra wear and tear that uh, a golf course takes or a sports field takes or even home lawns you know maybe there's one area of your lawn where you're walking in and out mm-hmm. repeatedly you know that's going to need a little a little love or a little fertilizer to help it recover TLC. Yeah. yeah exactly so same thing on a golf course, you know, everyone tees off from a designated point on the golf course, whether it's the forward tees, the middle tees or the back tees, but they're all going to the same place. They're all going to the hole on the green and we have to manage those at a high, high level. What does an average day look like for you and your staff? Like in the, in the heat of summer, um, what do you guys like do in the morning? What does your guys' day look like? On an average, for me, you know, we start at 5 a.m. Myself, I'm there about a half hour before the staff. My assistant's there a half hour before the staff. Our uh, technician is there an hour before everyone, pulling equipment out, fixing equipment problems that may have happened the day before so that we're ready to go that next day. Um, And we all meet at the job board. Everyone has their assignments for the day. Um, we do our morning stretches together, our morning announcements <laughs> together every day. I love it. Um, talk about things that are happening that week, that day, that month, all, repeatedly, all the time. We, we drill it in so everyone is on the same page as far as communication goes. From there, daily we mow greens every day. We, we almost never miss unless weather dictates that we could not mow. Okay? In addition to mowing... You know, we might roll the greens to smooth them out a little bit more, to speed them up, keep them between a range that we like here at Arrowhead for consistency. Moving on from greens, you know, we rake bunkers every other day. 
or we'll do spot checks. We'll just make sure all the footprints are raked. As far as fairways and tees, we'll mow those twice a week. So not every day, but twice a week. And rough, regular rough, not natural areas, is mowed weekly, ongoing, never stops. Wow. What's So I'm a golfer, but I know Amy is not one um i golfed in high school for a year okay okay learn something new every day (laughs) how do you set the mowers and that sort of stuff up with the rough and all that sort of stuff i know there's several different mowers and things but like how do you decide how high to keep the rough and you know what dictates that well for rough i mean you're coming down to the physiological aspects of the plant itself okay it's growing height desires can you mow bluegrass or rough down to a half inch or three quarters of an inch? Sure. But it would much rather be mowed at, you know, no more than two and a half, three inches. Okay. Okay. So we have that range of where it wants to be and it comes down to playability here. You know, when, when we first, when I first came here nine years ago, we mowed our rough at two and a half inches, which was great, great, healthy plant. But it was very difficult for golfers to find their ball in the rough. Yeah. So you talk about pace of play um, and just general frustration. So we uh, lowered the height of cut to two inches in the rough and, you know, checked on plant health. Could it handle it during the heat of the summer, during the fall? And huge success. One of our biggest compliments that I hear consistently is, hey, I can find my ball. It's, <laughs> yeah. it, it's, sitting, it's sitting up, up. It's sitting up nice in the rough. And, you know, play, players like that. We don't want this game to be any harder than it needs to be. It's harder just going out and playing. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. True. So with that, what would a typical height be for somebody at home for their grass? I, if I'm at home and I'm mowing, you know, it depends on your mowing habits. Yeah. Depends on what types of grass you have, but on average, I would say two inches to two and a half inches, perfect. So a little bit thicker, because I know some people like to go, I'm going to cut it short so I don't have to cut it for two weeks or 10 days or whatever, but I think you get some of those bare spots or some of those mm-hmm. burnt out spots that now you're having to deal with that. You got it. Okay. You got it. Let it grow. It wants it wants to be mowed at three inches most of the time. Okay. If you can if you can deal with the height, unless you're playing croquet or bocce ball all the <laughs> yeah. time, or you're practicing those chip shots, yeah, let it grow. Okay. What's the? Have you ever like mowed anything into your lawn, like your personal lawn, like a cool design? Well, at my house, no. <laughs> my parents' house, we. Uh, it was intense. <laughs> My dad being a past superintendent, we had a grass uh, basketball court and tennis court that oh, okay. we would mow very tight, you know, half inch, mm-hmm. top dressed. It was treated like a, like a tee yeah. or, a, or a pretty long putting green. <laughs> in addition to that, we would mow in uh, a croquet course in the lawn and a volleyball course we'd a when, big, are we, when are we coming into that house <laughs> big, yeah party, right we, you know? we had a we had a big yard but that's you know that's where it all began for me he, he was teaching me you know the the art the craft of being a superintendent i didn't even know it i was just like you want me to do what <laughs> yeah, all right so he'd paint it out and i'd and i'd mow it and then all summer long or spring and fall just you maintain. know just maintain super fun, fun. 
So you're on the green team for the Park District, correct? That's right. What has the Park District done to try to be as green as possible, and what has Arrowhead done uh, in conjunction with the green team? Well, lucky enough for us, the green team had some funding, and uh, one of the things, one of the most important things, we talk about growing plants is water, air, and light. So for us, water that we can control our irrigation system. It is aging, but uh, we continue to make make, uh, modifications to it to improve it and keep it running as properly as we can. And the green team was nice enough to give us some funding to replace irrigation uh, heads on the golf course to inhabit where we have started growing more natural areas. Um, Part of the Audubon, um, we went from about 15 acres of natural area to where now we have 26, maybe even close to 30 acres of natural area. And a lot of those areas were from the men's or the back tees up to the forward tees so people golfers would have to hit over those areas and before they were just rough that we would maintain and now we let those areas grow up and go to seed and create that natural environment so in some cases uh, the irrigation that was there we could manually turn it off Mm -hmm. but in some we would still need to water that front of the fairway or the front of a tee box right so we needed the ability to adjust those sprinklers and that's where the green team came in to give us the funds to keep buying adjustable sprinklers um so it's it's been great we went from like i said 15 acres to almost 30 now and you know where we can keep adding we will yeah a little less Mm -hmm. maintenance on your part for sure i bet it it is it, it is nice a little less maintenance but it's about creating that habitat yeah you know that that's truly what it's about not just for you know the animals and insects that are going to live in there but also for the golfers and the patrons it's aesthetically pleasing to the eye to see that you know we go back to sustainability what is arrowhead and the wheaton park district doing as a whole to be sustainable and that's water conservation number one i mentioned the, the sprinklers that we've been changing out but the idea is why don't we have grasses out there Mm -hmm. that are more tolerable to drought and we're lucky enough you know since we've done our our bunker restoration you know well it's 10 years ago now seems like yesterday yeah um we resodded around green banks and tea banks and put in a higher tolerant turf grass that can handle a little more heat can handle a little more disease so we're not out there throwing more water when we don't need it um, or spraying pesticides like that um, just recently when we finished the west course we put in a, a turf type tall fescue grass which is just outstanding any homeowner out there that's looking to resod or reseed their lawn turf type tall fescue without a doubt yeah so with that aspect what's should homeowners do when they're preparing for winter in this area for their lawns? And then, you know, coming up now when the winter is just about over, well, let's hope so. But once it's coming into springtime, like what would be your number one thing people should do at home with those two different seasons? You know, depending on what, what your yard looks like already, mm-hmm. saying that you have some, some healthy turf, I would definitely, you know, think about the bookends, um, maybe around Halloween time maybe even a little bit more, you want to start thinking about that winter 
preparations. You want to give those plants some food so that okay. they have that storage, those reserves, and those carbohydrates to get through the winter. Okay. And if you do that, you're setting yourself up for spring. Okay. And then you're still going to see when you pop out of spring, oh, I, maybe I missed a spot over here. Or maybe it doesn't look so good. Mm-hmm. And think about, let's add a little bit more, if needed. Yeah. You know, it's, it's what you think you need. Most cases, I would say most homeowners, they're probably going to be just fine. Yeah. Has the Park District received any certifications related to being green? Um, starting off, we joined up with SCARES, and we received the green team, the earth flag, and our water quality flag. Um, in addition to those, um, just recently, well, not recently, over the last two years, our assistant golf course superintendent applied for Audubon certification and has been working towards completing those uh, categories. The Audubon certificate, can you give a little bit more detail uh, to people that don't know about what it is? Yeah, sure. So the Audubon Cooperative Sanctuary Program for Golf Courses helps golf courses to enhance wildlife habitats and protect natural resources for the benefit of people, wildlife, and the game of the golf. The program is designed to give golf course managers the information and the guidance they need to implement stewardship projects and receive recognition for their efforts. Okay. It's a a lot. It's, it's a huge process. It's a two to five year process. I'm, I'm happy to say the Arrowhead staff knocked it out of the park. Um, and we've done it in about two and a half years, maybe even two years here. And we'll be getting our site visit from the Audubon this, this spring or fall. Well, yeah. Justin, we really appreciate you coming out here, giving us some tips on lawn, what Arrowhead does, what the green team here at the Park District has been doing. And, you know, it, uh, it's nice to get a little uh, information and learn something new. Sure. Anytime. Thanks for having me. So, Amy, what happened last month at the Park District? At the beginning of February, the Wheaton Park District hosted a hockey tournament called R33M. R33M is a foundation that raises money and research and awareness for pediatric cancer. Dozens of teams played. It was an awesome day, and we had a lot of fun being out there and seeing everybody and raising money for an awesome cause and for a local family. The following weekend, we had Isapalooza. Isapalooza is a free outdoor winter event that we hosted. The event had s'mores. It had a visit from Anna and Elsa. We had the Wheaton City Police and the Wheaton Fire play a hockey game. There was a kids' activity tent that had face painting, some crafts. We had some Wheaton Park District facilities on site. Overall, it was a great day. The sun was shining. And thank you to everyone that came out and spent your Saturday afternoon with us. I think we're all patiently waiting for summer and more outdoor activities, but we do have some sledding at Northside. There is cross-country skiing available at Arrowhead, and there's always ice skating if the rink. So if you want to know what's open, uh, please reference the rain outline. Amy, what do we have coming up this next month at the Park District? March is a busy month at the Wheaton Park District. On Saturday, March 14th, we have an event called Casino Night. It's a night filled with popular casino games. There's raffle, there's a silent auction, there's appetizers and signature drinks. This event is 21 and over. 
please come out and join us at the community center on Monday, March 16th from 6 to 8. We have Wheaton Rams signing day. You get the opportunity to meet coaches, get sized for a jersey, ask questions about the program, learn about heads up football, and more. There is no registration required. Join Kiwanis of Wheaton on Saturday, March 21st for their annual pancake breakfast at the community center. Join them for a delicious hot breakfast that's filled with entertainment, and you can also hear updates about the accessible treehouse project over at Sensory Garden Playground. No registration is required for this event, so we hope to see you uh, starting at 8 a.m. for the breakfast. Other things that we have going on, there is a history of St. John's Farm at the DuPage County Historical Museum on Thursday, March 26th. And ending out the month, we have a dinner and dueling piano show at Arrowhead on Friday, March 27th. So get ready for a night of nonstop entertainment featuring dinner and a show. If you're interested in tickets, please visit arrowheadgolfclub.org. This is your reminder that resident and non-resident registration is now open. If you want to look at the programs, please visit wheatonparkdistrict.org for an online version of the program. Or if you would like to receive a program, you can stop by the community center and ask for an extra one at the front desk. Amy, the question that we got for this month's podcast was about open gyms. Uh, Perfect question because typically I uh, am in charge of the open gyms. We do have open gyms during the winter season. It's a very difficult uh, due to limited space. Uh, so sometimes, you know, it's on a week by week basis that we can schedule open gyms. Typically, we send that information out via social media or notify the front desk if anybody calls. Uh, Moving into the spring, summer, and fall seasons, uh, we will work on having more open gyms scheduled. Uh, We will try to have those at the community center and the central athletic complex. So we are working on a plan to put together a schedule here for the next couple months. You can find that information on the Wheaton Park District website, or you can call the front desk. You can come to the community center front desk, and they have calendars that they can hand out for you uh, for anybody interested in finding out what the open gym schedules are. So we're hoping to have something uh, finalized by the end of March, and starting in April, we'll have some more open gyms scheduled uh, for the park district. Thank you for listening. Be sure to download, rate, share, and subscribe to A Talk in the Park wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow the Wheaton Park District on Facebook and Instagram at Wheaton Park District. Additional information on Wheaton Park District programs and services can be found at wheatonparkdistrict.com. Until next time, this has been A Talk in the Park. A Talk in the Park is a production of the Wheaton Park District.